Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Broken Sea Pure Pulp. Tonight's exciting feature is episode 4 of the Jake Sampson adventure serial, The Hyborian Gate. Brought to you by Langley's Chocolate Creepy Cereal. Just add milk and watch them grow, just like children themselves. They're not only fun to eat, but part of a well-balanced breakfast. Moms, be sure to buy some today. Last time on the Jake Sampson Adventure Serial, Jake Sampson, Miss Lucy Carter, and Texas Hold'em ventured into the dark unknown of a wilderness cave where they found an unusually carved gemstone figurine. As they continued to look for clues possibly linking this stone to the mysterious monster from another world, they found themselves face to face with the ferocious beast itself. Can Jake and his companions escape the clutches of this fiend from a land beyond time? Or will they soon fall prey to the creature from beyond the Hyborian Gate? What was that? It came from the cave entrance. Shine your lights over there. Well, if it ain't the son of King Kong, and he sure don't look ready for bed. What are we going to do? Well, you're the one who works with wild animals. Taming! Yeah, I tame big cats. Lions, tigers, that sort of thing. That is no lion. That's for sure. Don't make any sudden moves, either of you. He's probably just as startled of us as we are of him. You reckon? Well, he's blocking our entrance, so we can't quite go around him. And I suspect in a short distance he can move pretty quick. Well, I say there's only one way to get rid of a critter that's causing y'all trouble, and we ain't exactly defenseless. We don't know precisely what we're dealing with, Texas, and we're in no position to take any risks. Don't forget, that thing isn't from our world. Most of the creatures I've encountered in my travels don't feel the effects of weapons from our dimension like we do. We'll probably only make it matter. To be honest, I almost wish we had some way to trap it, to learn more about it, and possibly about the Hyborian world it comes from. It's starting to move! Mr. Samson, it's going in your direction! I can get a clear shot from here. Just give the word. I'll give the word, Texas, but when I do, I don't want you to shoot the creature. I don't want you and Lucy to shoot at the ceiling above it. Whatever for? Because I've got an idea. Bring the house down on the varmint. Now you're talking. Okay, get ready. It's coming closer. Let's things start falling, head for that alcove off to the left. Now! Yeehaw! That'll sure put him to sleep for a while. Maybe permanently. I hope not. I feel a pulse. It's still alive. We should get back to Howard's place and phone Mr. Tolini to pick up his prize. Maybe our writer friend can shed some light on this carved ruby. I'll ask Tolini to bring a vet with him. Or would that thing need a doctor? Now that I see it close up, it looks so... human in a way. More so than even chimpanzees do. I agree. If all goes well, you may have to learn how to train it along with your big cats. Depending on how much money Mr. Tolini makes off this new attraction, I might be able to retire early and maybe buy a circus of my own. Texas here can be one of my animal wranglers. 
If you don't mind, Miss Lucy, I'd just soon stick to flying. I think it might be a bit safer for this old barnstormer. I just telephoned Mr. Tolini, and he's very excited we subdued the creature. He's talking about billing the two of us in his new show as Beauty and the Beast now. He says we'll make a million dollars. So I take it he's on his way, then? Yep. He sends his thanks to you, Mr. Sampson. Please. After all we've been through, just call me Jake. And while y'all are at it, you can just call me Tex for short. We're all friends now, I'm figuring. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mr. Howard, perhaps you can tell me something about this strangely carved ruby. An idol of some sort, perhaps. But where did you find that? In the cave. Once the creature arrived, it seemed rather alarmed we were there, not to mention holding it. He seemed to be purposely moving towards me. If I were to say, it looked as if his eyes were transfixed on this thing. I take it you've seen it before? Uh, Why, no... Are you sure you wouldn't like to give it a closer look, Mr. Howard? Oh, all right. Yes, I've seen it before. I brought it back with me recently from there. Y'all actually took something from that there fantasy land and brought it into ours? Yes. I'll confess it, I did. Why did you do it, Mr. Howard? Mr. Sampson, do you have any inkling how much a writer of fantastic stories gets for submissions? I can't say that I do. Well, it sure isn't much. Certainly not enough to get proper treatment for my mother's tuberculosis. I figured that carving and maybe some more stones and other treasures from Hyboria could set my family up for life. Not realizing it might cost you your own. That's not important. So how long after you brought that stone over did this creature cross over into our world? Now that I think of it, a couple hours. Where exactly did you pick up this treasure, if I may ask? I was in a building. It could have been a temple or a palace, I guess. In my stories, I call the land Kush. It's a place of dark jungles and savagery. Do you recall seeing any creatures like this around there before? Only a bronze statue inside the temple. Nothing alive, though. Uh-huh. I think things are becoming a lot clearer, Mr. Howard. Do you mean to say... Exactly. The creature that came through your mirror was a temple guardian. It was charged to protect that ruby idol and probably any other treasure from being robbed from the dark gods who worshipped there. And the creature came through the gate to retrieve the idol. Correct. However, being subhuman as it is, it didn't have the sense to realize how to get through the mirror to return home. Finding no way back, it did what came naturally. It attacked who it believed stole the ruby then proceeded to find food and shelter. In the cave! And that's why it started going for you after we found the idol. That would certainly make sense. Apart from a natural survival instinct, that creature knows only one thing. Protect this stone. Please excuse me, folks.
It's for you, Miss Carter. It's Mr. Tolenny. Maybe he's come up with what my new raise will be. Oh boy, this is not good. What seems to be the problem? Tolini and his crew got to the cave and went inside. As they went to get the cage to put the creature into it, it woke up and was it mad. Went absolutely berserk. Three men are on the way to the hospital. So where's tall, dark, and gruesome? That's the other problem. It's gone. It just ran off into the night. Well, I have a sneaking suspicion of exactly where it's headed. Everyone arm yourselves. Mr. Howard? Yes? You need to tell me honestly now. Was there anything else you brought through the Hyborian Gate? No, just the idol. Are you sure? I can't lie to you, Mr. Sampson. Especially since I called you down here to help me out of this mess. There was one other thing. Wait here and I'll bring it to you. I have it wrapped up in my closet. It helped give me uh, inspiration, you might say. Okay. I got the mirror as a gift from my dear friend, Noveline Price. I couldn't tell you where she got it, It was during a particularly rough time for me. She said she hoped that if I looked into it, I might one day find the inspiration to bring me success. Oh, I looked into that mirror all right. But for what it's brought me, well, it's been a lot more than I bargained for. I see. So what do you have wrapped in that bundle, Mr. Howard? Would you look at the size of that pig sticker? I found this sword the first time I went through the mirror. It was in a tower resting beneath the hand of some warrior chieftain. It looked old, but it still gleamed with a powerful fire, so I took it. I walked to a nearby window, and the dying rays of the sun caught the highlights of the blade in its pommel. I gazed at it and back out across the strange land before me, and imagined what sort of man could wield such a mighty weapon. Then you came back here and... Hoped I could create a new character that would catch on where Cull the Conqueror didn't. And hither came Kona and the Sumerian, black-haired, sullen-eyed, sword in hand. A thief, a reaver, a slayer with gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirth, to tread the jeweled thrones of the earth under his sandaled feet. You flatter me, Mr. Samson. I told you I enjoyed your work. If only there were more like you, Mr. Samson, I wouldn't be in this predicament. Give him time. Right now we need to get ready for a very unwelcome visitor.
have been listening to Jake Sampson, Monster Hunter, written by Paul Mannering and Mark Kalita, a Broken Sea audio production. Starring in tonight's episode was Mark Kalita as Jake Sampson, Natasha Lathra as Lucy Carter, Bill Holweg as Texas Holdem, Perry Whittle as Robert E. Howard, and Ellie Hirschman as the announcer. All music in tonight's episode was performed by Artie Shaw and his orchestra. All music is the property of the respective owners, and no copyright infringement was intended. Thank you for listening. This has been a Broken Sea audio production.